is up, Internet? What is going on? Welcome to the only podcast about movies. My name is Matthew Kroll. And I'm Shahir Dowd. And today, Shahir, what are we talking about? Oh, we're going back 15, was it 15 million years in the making? Who knows? But I bet you the theme music in the beginning gave it away. No, we already heard it. We already heard it. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. All right, we're doing Jurassic World. Roar. Roar. What if I played Katy Perry's Roar in front instead of... I think that would work. Hey, and before we go on, there were a couple of other films that we wanted to check out this week. Mm -hmm. A couple of smaller indie films because Jurassic World is a is a major. It's like the biggest. Friday opening in history. Yeah, apparently. yeah, but like, there's all these stipulations. Whenever a film does something like this, it's like, oh, it's the biggest Friday opening in June on a on on a on a on an odd numbered day, and with a Thursday opening of. It's like, uh, it's whatever. I don't care. Either about way, those numbers. it made. Oh my god, is this? Well, that's projections. They're not done telling what the weekend tally is. They don't, they don't even know what the Friday tally is. This is Sunday morning, by the way. Hi, we're not actually going to be drinking alcohol or uh, being really tired. So, uh, yeah. Either well, way, currently, uh, Box Office Mojo's weekend estimates is $204 million. God bless. So, the other movie I wanted to mention out, which I didn't get a chance to see, but I really, I've really i heard amazing things out, uh, about is Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl, which won two major awards at Sundance this sure. year. And the trailer looks amazing. So, maybe, hopefully, we'll get to talk about that film at some point maybe maybe if i get over the shell shock of a pigeon yeah no no i go see obviously yeah yeah yeah, man so we went and saw jurassic world uh we woke up bright and early Mm. and we saw a 10 a.m showing uh and so here what initial thoughts what uh what what did you overall feel about the movie well let's back up a second and just talk about our just let's just talk about jurassic park for a second the original Jurassic, Jurassic Park. We all have memories of seeing Jurassic Park, sure, right? Like sure. unless, unless we're like either really young, which mm-hmm. is very possible, or very very old. Right. We're somewhere in the middle. Um, what, what you know, like Jurassic Park to me was a magical moment in the theater. Right. Like, you know, you when you were a kid, there was all this marketing hype. Everything was like about Jurassic Park. Dinosaurs on screen. I remember. I I actually saw it. On a bootleg VHS tape first, okay, and then okay, my, and then my science class in New Zealand decided to take a group trip to see Jurassic Park. That's how important the film was, right? Like you know, as a science class, we mm-hmm. went to see it, um, and it was a fun trip. So, I have you know particularly fond memories of Jurassic Park, and I think Jurassic Park is one of those few films, like Terminator Two, which I've already talked about as one of my you know all-time right, favorite right, right, actions, right. really holds up. Yeah, and, I watched it uh, three weeks ago, I, you know, and, as I do. And there's still magic in that film, Yeah, right? like, Oh, yeah. When you watch that film, there's magic in that film. And there's magic beyond nostalgia. There's a lot of films I can watch, uh, like Master of the Universe, for instance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, I remember that yeah, film, yeah. yeah. So, I uh, remember we will hunt, won't have to lock our yeah, doors. <laughs> Thanks, Gwildor. Uh, no, and like that's one of those movies where I totally understand, Like, if I showed that to a kid today, they'd, they'd, be, like, they'd be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. But like, because I love it. And the nostalgia factor, and I loved it when I saw it. I loved that movie. Jurassic Park is one of those movies that I truly feel like you could show a child. Yeah, and it would hold up, yeah. and they would love it. And even after this, even if you took a kid to Jurassic World and you say, hey, you want to see what happened beforehand? And they'd yeah. be like, what? You yeah. could show them the original Jurassic Park, and it would still hold up, and I think it would still hold their interest. So um, the reason I wanted to mention that is that even in the marketing push for this film, mm-hmm. Jurassic World, mm-hmm. I felt like there was a distinct lack of magic about it. Like it didn't, it didn't feel to me now. And, and I think, you know, there are reasons for that that I want to point out, but it didn't feel to me like we were entering the same realm of wonder, you know, like there was like, Oh my God, these dinosaurs, you know, the, you know, and it might just be the fact that this is the fourth film in a series. The other film was 1992, um, so that's like 18 years ago, if not my math. No, it's even more. Jesus. In the world, <laughs> in the world, in the world, in the words of the immortal John Cusack in the film Gross Point Blank, you can never go home again. Yeah, but apparently you can shop there. Yeah. <laughs> Jurassic well, World. This is what this is. What I think the answer to this thing. They wanted to try to do the magic approach, but I don't think the timing and the the you know the cast and crew and everything they have behind it, other than Chris Pratt, is capable of doing that sort of level of magic. Yeah. For instance, the the advertising was all like the slow build. The then the the title comes up. The park is open, yeah. and then you see that swooping shot of the park. But the difference, I think, true too, is this. Back then, 
the idea of a theme park that's not open that's going to open is and that might even be true is really exciting and it's magical and things you don't know they're testing and it could go or whatever this is a this is a fully functioning business that of in this film's own even in the trailer it says this of its own sort of story building like oh man people are getting bored of it like it's become commonplace like yeah. there's a little exposition in the beginning about that and it's kind of sort of a, a nice meta comment on films sort of in general if you want to take it that way because we've seen it all i mean so far it it feels that way and every time i know that's not true but every time you see something that you haven't seen before you haven't experienced before it's it's becoming for me fewer like fewer and far between moments maybe that's getting older maybe it's because cinema's taken off so much and so many more people are making movies and trying things even on the internet and blah 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 so that level of magic uh, and we're, you know, you can use the definition of magic however you want, listeners. Cinema I, I, magic. Yeah, cinema magic. I don't think is as commonplace, and I don't think in a franchise in its fourth movie uh, is going to be able to do that. And I'll even say this, uh, and because again, what's it? Uh, we've been talking for maybe six minutes. I'm going to mention the Avengers. The uh, <laughs> I, I I don't think, and not that I'm not going to d- like dislike any of the future Marvel movies, but they'll. I, I think. Age of Ultron proved to me that there won't be another Marvel movie in this current sort of universe thing that is going to g- give me that sort of cinematic magic like the first Avengers did. Like, they, they did it, and it was amazing because I'd never seen it or experienced it. Same with Jurassic Park. Yeah. Th- that's just sort of where this movie lies. And in, and we're going to talk about it a little bit, but I think um, I think in a, in, a, in a franchise like Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, uh, you kind of live and die by your reverence for the first for the yeah, first yeah. movie, and and you know, like I think uh, one of the things that the director Colin Trevora was talking Trevoro, I think his name is. He We're talking, real good with names. Yeah, we are. Well, someone pointed that out on Reddit this week. Good, um, good. Keep calling us out, and we'll keep being ignorant. <laughs> um, was that the thing? The image that he loved was this idea of this huge dinosaur mm-hmm. in front of a kid who's holding and looking at a cell phone, and that was his idea of you know, like that was his pitch for the movie. Yeah, which I think is an interesting pitch for the movie. Well, I just I just don't think that the film kind of like takes that idea and travels with it in any direction. No. It just kind of like lays it at the beginning and then that's about it. What it kind of does, and, and this is something I wanted to talk about, and this I don't think is, is spoiling anything yet. It's the... So there's obviously two kids in the movie. You see them in the trailer, and they're trying to redo again the moment of the kids in the park. And there's a magical moment of these kids that love dinosaurs seeing dinosaurs for the first time. And this one, there's one kid that loves dinosaurs, and you can kind of glean this from the trailer. Like the older kid is like, "I'm too cool for anything," and blah blah blah. And that's very true. You saw glimpses of that moment of a dinosaur in a cell phone, right? Yeah. But all it did. And for me, is the beginning sets that up, and I'm like, okay, I get it. Kids are kind of shitty. But then it's also sort of like, is this what everyone thinks kids are? Like, and I've dealt with, I've dealt with some kids that are very much like that, and I've dealt with other kids that are, kids are people. Kids, are, there's this wide variety of shit. And I feel like in the main, this is a very sort of mainstream media, this is what kids do. They're checking their social media, and they're doing this, and we focus grouped that, so maybe that, you know, like, it's just all this, like, whatever, where I do feel like you can still, it's a cynical look at youth. In yeah. a weird way. And that's uh, an approach. And if they kept hammering that or at least tried to do it more eloquently than they did in the film rather than just like give you one or two brief moments of that and then all of a sudden character transformation. Yeah. Like that would be something. But it didn't really do that. So I think that was a great sort of way to start out. But they never really bought into it. And they they took it a much more corporate this is what kids are like rather than a statement of kids are like this because this and maybe we could do this to make them less like this. Like it, there, there was no – there's no heart behind that. Yeah, there's a there's definitely a, like a cynical approach to the way that they treat kids in the film, and it's something that Spielberg, even though his films are broad strokes about human emotions, you know, right. like they're really really broad in terms of like who people are. There's there's no cynicism to the way he does things, mm-hmm. um, and there's a just a slight sort of manufactured cynicism to this There's film. a ton of cynicism in this film. Well, the director, I'm sorry, b- butcher his name again? Colin Trevorrow. Colin Trevorrow. Oh, God. <laughs> we no. should look that up. I, I have it in front of me. I just... I, I can't pronounce it? Trevorrow. Uh, he yeah. did what? He did Safety Not Guaranteed. Safety Not Guaranteed. I love Safety Not Guaranteed. Right. I love it. I saw it. I bought it. I, I, I'm I a fan of that movie. But you know what that movie is? Mm. Cynical. It's hugely cynical. Now, Spielberg talked about the reason why they chose Colin Trevorrow, because Safety Not Guaranteed is his first was his first film, and it 
doesn't the you know the uproar about uh, Jurassic World was that you didn't think that safety not guaranteed suggested Jurassic World. Sure, um, no, and I don't think that's true. But the the reason apparently the reason why Spielberg chose safety not guaranteed, uh, you know, chose Colin Trevorrow was because of the final scene in Safety Not Guaranteed. Yeah, which, which is, is a very Spielberg esque sort of scene. It's a Spielberg esque sort of scene, and it's also not a cynical moment. It's a it's a moment of it's pure the, movie. It's the only non cynical moment yeah. in that entire movie. It's a it's a very and I like that moment. Sure. I don't love the film. Um, I think it's a good moment in a in an okay film. Right. Um, so. You know, and, and then the other way to think about Jurassic Park as well, in terms of that magic, mm-hmm. is that Jurassic Park was a perfect convergence of technology and storytelling. Yep. You know, this was a movie about reviving uh, a dinosaurs through new technology. Yeah. And the film used was like one of the, it, it wasn't the first film that used CGI, um, but it was certainly one of the early adopters and certainly mm-hmm. one of the mm-hmm. early high watermarks. So. There was this perfect conversion. You know, people wanted to go see this because it was like, oh my god, are they going to put dinosaurs on screen that aren't going to be puppets? You know, because the you know the pr- the previous iterations right, of that was right. like or claymation. Or, yeah, well, they were claim- even talking about doing claymation for the original. That fell through, obviously. Yeah, yeah. stop motion. Mm-hmm. You know, claymation, puppeteering, and so you know, Jurassic Park had like these amazing CGI set pieces, yeah. which hadn't been seen before. And the thing about them is like now in most modern films, we use CGI to destroy things, mm. and and in Jurassic Park, the CGI, although eventually led to destruction, right. the the first forty five minutes of that film are CGI wonders. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just like, oh my god, look at this dinosaur! It's living, it's breathing, it feels real. You yeah. know, like they they're looking at it. Yeah. And you you know, it's funny. Uh, I watch it and there's some bad rotoscoping in that original film, but there's still like the sense of wonder to those. To those dinosaurs. You know what I find. You know what I find funny. So first of all, let me just say the the visuals and the, and the CGI and all the special effects of this movie are fantastic. Yeah, the, they're very good. The but- only problem I had, and it's funny, whenever a film opens, there, I'm, this is a minor spoiler, but whenever the film opens before the title on dinosaur eggs hatching, yeah, it's CG dinosaur eggs hatching. That whole thing is CG. There's yeah. no, there's yeah. very clear. Whenever a film does that for me, when it's an opening shot of CG that's not meant to be like artsy or spectacle or like whatever, it's like, oh, this is a thing that's supposed to look real in this world. Yeah, I instantly go. Oh, it's a CG movie. Like yeah. I, I instantly go, and there's a little bit of heart chipped away from it. I don't know why that is well, in me. Think about the the analogous scene in Jurassic Park. And I, I'm I'm gonna go back to Jurassic Park the whole way. Yeah, through well, this why discussion. wouldn't you? It's yeah. amazing. Um, but think about the analogous scene in Jurassic Park, which is when you saw the Velociraptor hatching in Jurassic right. Park, which was all puppeteering. Yep. Um, and it came in a moment in the middle of the film, and it was like this sort of odd minutiae about dinosaurs, and there was a sort of underlying. Uh, thing, which is that should they have hatched this dinosaur? You're like you're breeding, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, Sam Neill's character, Alan Grant, actually says you breed, you bred raptors. Yeah, you know, um, and it's and it, and like that moment ha- has all this sort of ramifications for this movie as well, uh, because it's about imprinting as well, which Chris Pratt sure. talks about later on. So there was this kind of amazing wonderment to Jurassic Park that just seems not to be there in this film. Now that's not to say, for me, this film, Jurassic World actually opened pretty strongly. Like, I was kind of in it, and I, I kind of felt that they were true to Jurassic Park, but also um, managing to to kind of use it in its own way. And, you know, so I was kind of on board for maybe the first 30 minutes of this film. Right. And, you know, I was kind of like, okay, I think they're doing something interesting here. It feels like its own thing, um, right. but at the same time still using um, Spielberg's look and style. Um, but then... Dun dun dun. Uh, okay, but then. Well, see now, now I you can glean, listener, that yeah. Shahir started to have some issues. I thought the the beginning of the movie was worse. I think the first third of the movie is worse than the rest of the movie, which is the opposite, I think, of what you think. Yeah, for me, the first third of the movie was bearable and like not terrible, and like for a Jurassic Park reboot of a franchise, I well not reboot but continuation of a franchise, mm-hmm. I was kind of like on board. I I didn't think. You know, I thought the setup was okay. It was it was perfectly acceptable to me. Everything was so cliche. Think about this. And now, now, can we start talking about spoilers a little bit, or do you want right, to talk about so something for, else? For for listeners, let's. Well, why don't we give so that listeners can actually kind of like either go and watch the movie at this sure. point. Let's let's do like a general impression and then like start getting into Great. spoilers. Um, 
I think overall, yes, you absolutely should see this movie. I think it's a fun summer thing. I also think it's not better than the original, but uh, basically 99.6% of films aren't better than the original Jurassic Park, and I go see those all the time. Chris Pratt is great. Uh, the moments with the Velociraptors are just as cool as you think they are. Uh, the the action is really well done, I think. Uh, and the score is exactly the same as what you love. So you really can't go wrong a lot. If you're going to nitpick it, and we will nitpick it, you can, but you should go see it. It's very fun. I think adults and children will enjoy it. I would say don't go see it. What? <laughs> I would say... Rent Jurassic Park instead, and if you're gonna go see the fourth movie of a of a franchise right now, go see Mad Max. You know, I just I I I don't. You're really, really gonna tell people not to see Jurassic World? I don't think there's much in it for anyone. Wow! I really I I I'm when I go home. I'm not going to tell my wife to go see, you know, you should come see Jurassic World. I'm not going to tell kids you should go see Jurassic World. I'm going to say, watch Jurassic Park instead. You're going to have a bit of time. It's a bit of movie. I think Jurassic Park is, I think to me, all Jurassic World offers is bombast. And the only thing for me that's holding the film together, the only, I, and I wrote this down in my notes as well. This film would be a complete, Nerd. <laughs> this film would be a complete failure if it wasn't for Chris Pratt's presence. And even he can't save the last third of this movie. I will say Colin Trevorrow, um, for all intents and purposes, does a fairly reasonable job. There's no, you know, like the, the, the qualms that I had about could a guy who did Safety Not Guaranteed jump over to Jurassic World? He seems to handle it pretty well. I don't think there's any problem there. I just think overall the film doesn't really have much to offer, um, especially like, and we're going to get into it here, but beyond the first act and maybe a little bit of the second act, this film just like, in my mind, I'm going to rename it Jurassic World, the Island of Increasing Stupidity. Okay, that's half of every movie plot. Well, in this in this film, more than more so than but most. let me let me let me say this. You, my friend, much like most of your life with this film, going to see it or not, are living in a in a on a plane of existence of only absolutes. Okay? <laughs> You're basically saying, don't see this one movie, but watch this one movie. Don't see Jurassic World, but go watch Jurassic Park again. Guess what, listeners? You can do both. You can see both movies, and you should. And you know what? Go see Lost World and Jurassic Park 3, too, because I still think those are fun. They have fun moments in them, too, and I'm glad they exist. Here's where my absolute starts and finishes. If you have $15 to spend, don't spend it on Jurassic World. Wow. I'd say do spend it on Jurassic World. But but I, there's also how – how, how do I put it sort of this way? Uh it's just, it's like, I, I'm just going to be reiterating what I said, so we should probably move on. But it's not as good as the first one. It's still a great summer movie. And I think uh, I think the I think masses will enjoy it. The, the furthest I will go with it is that it's not a terrible movie, but it's not worth your time. Okay. <laughs> it's not, Disagree! It's, it's not a terrible movie in any way, shape, or form, but it really is not worth your time. Okay, okay. Well, um, <laughs> actually, let's, um, let's, so let's kind of go into... What was I saying before so, this? So we're going to go into spoilers right now. So right. we're going to really start nitpicking why I think this film doesn't really work beyond the first half of it. And I'm going to tell you why I think the first third of it does not work at all and then kind of picks up and lets you have fun with it. Yeah. But my problem, my, I, you know, like I, I could see hold why. Hold on, well. hold on. <laughs> yeah, that's not booze. That's actually just soda because it's early on Sunday afternoon. I could see why the first third of it could be seen as cliche. It basically sets up two kids who are going to, you know, have some kind of bonding experience at the at the park, and then it sits up that kind of Spielbergian cliche of parents potentially divorcing and and oh, and God. having their you know and how that's going to impact these kids. So I could I could kind of see that they don't, they don't play on to that too much, but you know what? Ultimately, the reason why Jurassic Park also worlds it, it, it's. It's this thing that Spielberg does, and I think it's one of the things that in the hands of many other filmmakers can come off as terrible, but Spielberg does it well. I think one thing that uh, I heard a quote recently, which, uh, which I think perfectly uh, you know, summarizes what, why Spielberg is great. Spielberg is like everything you're taught at film school being pulled off correctly. But you know, like in the hands of lesser filmmakers... They're not. They don't sure. work. You know, he is. He sure. is the textbook for you know for what is taught at film school. Well, here's the reason. That, like, okay, we, you talked about the island of, of stupidity, right? Yeah. But okay, yeah, go. On. So 
the island of stupidity, Jurassic Park has that stuff too, but Spielberg manages to make it into character traits and important plot points. Nedry, it being Nedry, getting so far and then messing up. Hell, there's even a slapstick moment in the original Jurassic Park when, when Nedry slips, slips and it goes, and you hear a sound effect of, yeah. like, okay. So people are making stupid decisions in the park. They they're, are. They're making stupid decisions. But, 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 but he indicates up front that these are these particular people are stupid people. Right. No, I'm saying it's a char- it, they're, they're very mm. character driven. The, mm. In Jurassic World, a lot of people just make stupid. But, but mm. they, they, a lot of people make mistakes. But it also sets up. It sets up everyone as as stupid. Yeah. Now, everyone in the original Jurassic Park is not stupid. In this movie, every like, and we'll get into Bryce Dallas Howard and even um, Vincent D'Onofrio, who I completely forgot was in this film yeah. till halfway through watching his character, and I was like, "Oh, it's the Kingpin!" I'm like, "This is fantastic." Or Full Metal Jacket. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the the. The crux of it is in the, in the beginning of this, they set up all that stuff. They set up all the Spielberg framework, and they do the nonsense of like getting the kids or the divorced parents, or they're getting divorced or whatever. Blah blah blah. Does the divorce matter? No. Does the divorce help the kids in the later part of the movie, like bond together? Not really. And here's the most important part: is I hate these kids in this movie. The kids. So <laughs> the, the two kids in the movie, kind of again, are these. I feel like. I feel it's, like it's executive producers. No, well. no, no. I feel like executive producers watched uh, some episodes of The Parenthood and then watched a bunch of One Direction music videos mm. and thought, okay, this little kid is going to have a, a tinge of some sort of mental disability where he's really, really smart and he remembers a bunch of stuff, but he's super hyper and can't be controlled and da 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 da. And his older cool brother just is just interested in chicks, man, and doesn't give a fuck about dinosaurs or bullshit or their parents or their aunt. Even as dinosaurs are killing people in front of them, he seems indifferent he to the He does whole. not give a shit. Yeah. And then they have like their little moment, like every moment of theirs doesn't feel earned. In fact, that's what that's a that's a criticism of this entire film, I'll, I'll say. Mm. No moment in this film feels earned mm. other than standing on the backs of giants from the previous films. Yeah. There is a there is a there's one. There's one moment that feels earned. Yeah. Are you ready for this? Which one? Uh, and th- uh, this is a spoiler. This is I, we're in spoiler territory now. There's a moment in this movie where a character in the control room goes to do the ridiculous uh, kiss to another to another yeah. female. A male goes to kiss a female character, like because he's staying behind to take whatever. Da, 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 da. And the girl stops him. And is like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I have a boyfriend. And he's like, oh, you, you never talk about. It. It's like she's like, yeah, I'm at work. Uh, and that's basically like. It's really, it's really, really, really cool to see that, especially because earlier in the film, there's a ridiculous moment exactly like that with Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard, where there's just kiss out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Jake, uh, it's Jake Johnson from The New Girl who has that moment. Yeah. And it's like, it is a good moment because it, it, it plays off your expectations and and reverts and subverts them and does it in a smart and funny way. Yeah. You know, it, it's probably, arguably, it's the best moment in the film. I, I, I smiled the most at that moment yeah. and it was just, it, but it also, but then, oh man, yeah. like then you got to think, okay, so there's this one moment of honesty and this one moment of like really sort of like really true I, sort of- I don't of know if it's ju- honest, but it's fun. It's fun. There's yeah. a fun moment. Let's yeah. call it that. But it's fun and playful off of basically making fun of your own movie. Like yeah. you, you just did this thing that you're mocking 15 minutes ago Yeah, and it was fine then in your context. Yeah. Uh, that's just, that's just how it just, it's just, it's just a little bit nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. It doesn't real. I mean, that moment works, but it, it also reminds me of, you know, and this is, this might be a slightly bold statement about Jurassic Park, but to me, the best special effects in Jurassic Park are Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, and Richard Attenborough. They are they are the thing that makes the that film really really work. Uh, you know, I, like like Jeff Goldblum in that film is a he's a chaos mathematician who who doesn't just come. He isn't just exposition. He is odd. He is creepy. He is funny. He says the strangest things, and he's and you can understand the interrelationship between all of those characters in the best possible way. And Sam Neill, that now what I my my earlier point about Spielberg being you know film school applied correctly is the entire dilemma in Jurassic Park is Sam Neill isn't ready to be a father. You know, he's not sure if he's ready to be a father. Okay. And and the whole crux of the film is he gets thrown into a situation where he has to look after kids. Um, and and that dilemma echoes this 
existential dilemma that Jurassic Park has, which is that are we, you know, can we go back in time and can we parent evolution? You know, are we capable of being gods to to creatures that have had their time? You know, and I think the film really interplays that really smartly. This film has none of that. Like it tries to inject this this divorce story goes nowhere. It, 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 there's a there's a military corporatization story. Doesn't apart. matter. Doesn't work. There's a, a sort of terrible, terrible love story between Chris Pratt and Bryce Dill- Dallas Howard. That doesn't, doesn't work. And doesn't the work. only reason it remotely exists is basically a, a, a series of banter about how they used they went on one date yeah. and it didn't work. The only thing that I think kind of works in this film, and I did I, I thought it was a good idea was velociraptors being trained being able to be trained I think that was a new idea in the Jurassic Park right well universe. let's well, actually it's kind of not but well trained yes communicate with no because in the third one they could blow through their skulls and talk to them remember that nonsense oh, I don't even I, the third one was the is definitely the weakest of the th- I actually four. I disagree I think the second one is the weakest I, wa- I watched them all three and I used to think the third one was the weakest and I yeah. really enjoyed the third one really? other than some nonsense uh, I, I don't yeah you know I have to admit the second and third both are loose memories but I remember the second having an amazing moment, which was an amazing Spielbergian tension moment, right? Where, when uh, the car that they're in flips over, and someone is—I I think it's—I um, uh, think it's Vince Vaughn, or someone is mm-hmm. lying on a piece of glass, and it's slowly cracking. Um, and I think that over was, the cliff, yeah, over the cliff. And I think that was like that's such an exceptional moment, but in an otherwise yeah. fairly average movie. Hey, listen, they use gymnastics to fight off raptors. So, oh, wow. There you go. Um, we'll get into sort of. Uh, Sort but of, well, here's the thing: is that you, of the things that I've mentioned, you've kind of agreed that they, none of this works, right? And mm. now this is sort of where it it, it twists. Mm. It doesn't have to, and and what I mean by that is you can still go to this and have a shit ton of fun. And the and the sad part is because of its pedigree and in name only. Yes, mm. executive producer Steven Spielberg, sure, yeah, but like. It, Jurassic. This is this is not Jurassic Park. This is Jurassic World. And yes, it's the same franchise, but it doesn't. You, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like you, you can go and enjoy this film and not have it be the crazy meaningful experience that you had at Jurassic Park. And I know you, you know whatever. And and by the way, can we just rewind to the pretentious comment you said about the spe- the best special effects for these actors? No, they're just really good actors. I think really good actors and really well-written characters. Sure. So yeah. so they Writing, make great directing. It's it's all a nice conversions. Yeah, it's and that's you know like Spielberg for all his all his bravado with special effects and he is amazing yeah. at visual effects you know like be, probably the best in the world um, for all his bravado with special effects he knows how to put characters in those scenarios that make them work yes and and that's why those special effects work it's because it's because of the reverence that Alan Grant has for dinosaurs and and how much he respects them that when we see the brontosaurus for the first time we are in awe because we are in his eyes right and that's that's what I think is beautiful and then and then when Jeff Goldblum talks about chaos and chaos theory I you know that's one of my favorite scenes in that film mm-hmm. you know the water droplet yeah. on the on the hand we understand what he's talking about and how it relates to the chaos that's going to ensue in the park sure everything spielberg does with special effects has some human element to it that really makes it makes it sing right and i think colin trevorrow tries to do that in this film with with a couple of things that we mentioned you know the the divorce story the love story um, you know, but none of that stuff lands in this film. None See, of it lands. That at all. almost feels like to me because it doesn't mm. work, and it, I don't. I don't even think it was probably. Who knows? You know, mm. I'm, I'm making up who I think chose what, but mm. like, what if? I mean, I imagine Spielberg's like, yeah, we should get into a little more about the family, or maybe mm. we should do this, or maybe we should do that, and then they did little bits of it, but then they kept moving. Like, I don't think. Mm. I, I just feel like that was lost somewhere in the in the in the filmmaking by committee process that this whole thing most likely went through. So I think what you're getting at is that. You know, and, and I, I, I will, I readily say that this as well. Colin Trevorrow handles the spectacle pretty well. Yeah. Is that if you want to see dinosaurs beating the shit out of each other and eating people, by all means, spend your fifteen bucks on this film. And if you I, want to see Chris Pratt be awesome, Chris Pratt, I think is is fun, and he's a you know he as a movie star, he has a he definitely has charisma and appeal, and I liked him from Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think Burt Macklin is on the case. Oh man, if Burt Macklin was, you know, if this was a comedy with Burt Macklin trying to rescue dinosaurs, <laughs> I think that would have been hilarious. But I don't think even he can save 
the third act of this movie. Well, I, I don't, th you know, I think he gets lost in this. Let's talk about Chris Pratt and let's talk about the. the he's the, obviously the the, sh the shining star in this sort of. He's film the new for Harrison me. Ford, I would say, right? Yeah, yeah. but also I, I, Harrison Ford yeah. and I in yeah. my head have an interesting relationship. Yeah. Um, it starts with fan fiction. No, the uh, he. I've always liked him in movies. Obviously, yeah. Han Solo and everything, Indiana Jones, all that stuff, and everything he's done since then. Even Air Force One, like you yeah, know, yeah. even he's, I, a, he's a likable screen presence. But I don't think I would like him as a person. Like I just the way it comes off to me yeah. is he's excellent at acting and he's excellent at acting likable. Mm -hmm. But he's he comes off as kind of a dick. Chris Chris Pratt is the exact opposite. Of that Chris Pratt seems like a guy you'd want to hang out with, right? And I think, and this might be a sort of. He might be the Harrison Ford of this age because in this day and age when everything is so interconnected and you're tweeting pictures from set and you're doing all this nonsense but you're still interacting with your fan base on a very real level, if you don't have that sort of humanity aspect to you and you don't love what you do and love people that love what you do, I think that is that that old style movie star of like, I'm awesome, I'm great at what I do, that's not a cocky statement, I just truly am but I don't give a fuck about anyone seeing these pictures. Yeah. That's, I think that's going to slowly die. And I think Chris Brad is kind of blazing the trail of that. Cause he's, he's, he's the people's sort of movie star. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's even a, even though his infliction as an actor is kind of like, he doesn't, you can see that he doesn't necessarily take everything he does seriously. And right. there's like, you know, like, cause the character, you could argue if you put like a solid, if you put Jason Statham in this role, which Ooh. you could arguably play, yeah. he would, no, I mean, he could, you know, for, for what this character is supposed to do. He would need a car. He, But he could honestly play it as straight as possible. And he would be the aggressive action guy and everyone would be like, oh my God, he's so awesome. But there's something about that that Chris Pratt brings as an actor where he's got this like slight infliction of confusion when he says a line, you know, like it's slightly like, are you sure? You know, like he kind of rises. It comes off to me as someone who's thinking of all the angles and not just like, I'm a fucking badass. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and it's likable. It's a human trait because yeah. all these, and I love Jason Statham and I love the fucking, well, the second and the third Expendables, I love the first one's a piece of shit. But you know how Jason Statham doesn't, ne doesn't necessarily have the ability, maybe we haven't seen it, to like, not take himself serious. Like, not. Well, I think Spy, he does that. Yeah, maybe, maybe not, not. G add the fun to this character. I've never seen a Jason Statham character and been like, that's a person that could exist. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But Chris Pratt, and now let's talk about, you talked about the moment where Alan Grant, where Sam the Man Neil uh, saw the Brontosaurus for the first time. There's actually a, a sort of a perfect dichotomy scene in this film when Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt uh, walk along and sort of are, are surveying, looking for the kids and surveying the destruction that their genetically modified dinosaur, the Indominus Rex, which we'll get to in a little bit, has laid waste to parts of the park. And there's a field very reminiscent of the original the field. of the yeah. of the uh, field where Alan Grant uh, and Dr. Sattler saw the Brontosauruses. Um, of all of these brontosauruses, or at least I thought they were, they were the similar style yeah. of dinosaur, uh, just dead, where this Indominus Rex just killed them for sport. Mm. And there was a moment where I was a little distracted because something was going on, like actually in the theater with yeah. some people, but whatever. But that that moment felt like it went on for a very long time, but not in a bad way. Like it felt like there was some reverence because you saw in Chris, Chris Pratt's sort of face and mannerisms and everything, and that's kind of a moment where Bryce Dallas Howard's character sort of turned on an emotional point. But you could really argue that that was just coincidence. Chris yeah. Pratt just like is looking at these animals because all throughout this movie he's just taken care of these animals and like really been like sort of their their foster father in a sort of way or like. A, a, a caretaker. He's the one person who has reverence for the animal, right? Uh, and the he, you can see that he's really feels fucking awful. That like, oh fuck, like this is not like it's it's a very it's emotional in the same in, in sort of the opposite of the spectrum where like reverence and joy of seeing these animals for the first time is is something and now the heartbreaking you know realistic mm -hmm. portion of like oh fuck like they made something else that's going to destroy all this yeah and i i think that's that's probably the only real emotional moment uh no mm -hmm. there's one other but i'll get to it um but again it's a chris pratt moment yeah. um in the film, uh, I I think that's that's a moment that is written a little bitter than most, mm -hmm. but I didn't it didn't land for me like I didn't feel you know because the, because the idea the the underlying idea in that scene as well is that Bryce Dallas How Dallas Howard's character Claire you know we don't even remember the name and uh, his name was Owen Chris yeah. Pratt's name was Owen um, 
uh, is seeing the you know seeing the human side, seeing like the real side of the park that she's been arguably mm-hmm. running for a long time right. as well, um, running in heels. Oh, yeah, yeah. we'll get to that. But 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 to me, that scene doesn't work. You know, it doesn't like it doesn't land for me. Oh, like no, I, I just I think it's a long scene. Again, the the I'm, I'm just gonna go back to Jurassic Park for a moment as well. And when I talk about the best special effect, is like my my the reason I think that brontosaurus scene works so well. It's this little detail when Sam Neill's trying to pull off his sunglasses and he can't pull them off properly. Yeah. And it's like it's they're they're falling apart in his hands. Mm-hmm. That's the reason, you know, that to me is one of those wonderful moments that makes that scene work. And of course. You know, that has nothing to do with Jurassic World, but I think it just reminds you of, you know, things that happen because later in the film, everyone in this movie A starts doing stupid things or becomes an action hero. And and none of them or flip flops between them flips flops between them and except for Chris Pratt yeah and none of them well I think Chris Pratt becomes like the perfect action hero like even like slides into a car at some point while being chased by a dinosaur yeah. and like perfectly lands and manages to hush everyone else you know like it's 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 fine mm-hmm. it just it just does not a lot for me you know like and just and I think you agree as well none of it really lands like I I would argue the final battle between. You know, big spoiler territory here. The Indominus Rex and the T Rex is handled very well from a spectacle point of view. Sure, it, it's done very well. Like it's not; it doesn't have the problem of um, you know a lot of uh, action films where you can't see what's going on. You know, it's set in the dark. You can actually see what's happening. There's a there's a great they 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 do these long tracking shots which connect the hu- you know the 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 humans to the dinosaurs so you kind of always see where people are yep. in space things relation. like Godzilla sort of fail to do that yeah and Godzilla is actually a, a good analogous film to talk about as well um, I'm talking about the current Godzilla yeah no, the current yeah. Godzilla yeah um, but but that's you know that being good doesn't make up for the fact that the film doesn't really work. I think the film works fine. I just, again, I think it wouldn't be under such a heavy microscope had it not had the name. And the, like, for instance, that last scene with the, this is something, this is something I struggle with as a, as a, as a filmmaker and as a film critiquer, but it's like the, it's awesome versus believability. And that's not to say that everything has to be believable and not to say that everything sort of has to be awesome. But like there's the scene at the end of the movie where, uh, you know, it's the it's the cheesy little moment where the kid says something and then Bryce Dallas Howard is like, I got an idea. And then she has her Goldblum moment of luring the T-Rex out of his paddock to go fight the Indominus Rex um, with the help of one of Chris Pratt's raptors uh, to take (laughs) down the Indominus Rex. Now, there's a moment, that whole moment, while spectacly awesome, and I do agree the action was cut together very well. I loved the scenes where you saw the people running and the shit going on in the background, and it seemed to balance it out very well. Like, the dinosaurs are important, and the people are important. Yeah. And even in those, like, we're running, and it's a tracking shot, and you see feet stomping around, nothing felt lost to me. I was like, there's our four characters, there are the dinosaurs over there, the raptors over there. Like, spatially, I knew, and that's fucking hard. It's hard to do, and I think it's it's, uh, in today's age where you can throw the camera almost anywhere yeah. it's it's impressive to do that well. and i gotta say like it's it's funny for and i'll get into this sort of in a minute but like or what i was saying in a minute but all of the action scenes in the movie like you you if you've seen a lot of movies before you can kind of tell how they're gonna end yeah but each time the reason i knew that they were so well crafted was i was kind of like oh shit like i had a couple oh shit moments and I, but like then my my higher brain functions hit me and i'm like well i know this is going to happen and that's going to be this like nothing surprised me and that's mm-hmm. fine um oh there was one surprise uh, where the raptors uh, there's a surprise with the raptors when they're hunting the indominus rex at first which i don't even want to spoil here it was just really fun yeah. um back to the ending so it was awesome it was awesome looking the ba- final fight was awesome yeah it worked it made no sense as in why people would be fighting or nope as in why the the t-rex and the raptor would be working together yeah since they fought and now keep don't get me wrong like there are (laughs) i'm going to talk about transformers 4 for a second which was a fucking turd of a movie yeah but there's a scene in that film where optimus prime rides grimlock the dinosaur uh transformer and it was in the trailer and i it blew my stupid eight-year-old mind 
There's a scene in this movie during that fight scene where the raptor's biting Indominus Rex. It throws it off, but it lands on the back of the T-Rex that's also attacking Indominus Rex. And the raptor like hangs on its back like it's riding the T-Rex and then leaps back onto Indominus Rex. Like It was a tag team matchup that in this world that they built, however they built it, makes no fucking sense. So my struggle with that scene and the end of the movie in general was at what point is something so awesome that you don't give a shit that it makes sense or not in the world the film has built. And that's something that I go back and forth with a lot. For whatever reason, I never got to the point where awesome outweighed my thinking that 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 fight in my brain. So yeah. I would argue that that didn't work for me. Right. Even though it was a really cool spectacle, but like So, so why do you want people to see this film? <laughs> because because I think it's a lot better than a lot of the summer nonsense we're going to get. And I haven't seen everything yet, obviously, <laughs> but like a Mad Max is great. We all know that. We've talked about it a bunch. If but, you had to choose between Mad Max and this, where would you go? Oh, I'd see Mad Max. Okay. Yeah. But but that again, that's in a sort of a world. If you had to choose between the Avengers Age of Ultron and this, where would you go? Uh, I would go to Avengers. Okay. And what are the other summer blockbusters so far this year? There was, um, what the hell was there? There's not a whole lot. It's it's early season. Yeah, we're about but to like go. I don't have a big belief in Fantastic Four. I don't truly think that Terminator Genesis is going to be uh, the spiritual successor to Terminator Two, as some people have been paid to say. Um, that's all speculation. Yeah. But uh, I just think I just think that there's there's fun to be had here, and in a summer where there's not a lot of things that people are excited about, or definitely not like other than Mad Max and Avengers, I there's no real like super fun to be had that I can think of. Yeah, it's I, I just if you're if you're gonna spend your money, don't spend it here. Is is my fi- feeling about if it? If you can see a couple movies, see this movie. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Uh, the there are definitely fucking awesome parts, and there's parts that made me sort of gasp and sit back. And it was and it was it was a popcorn movie ride. It's not going to be something that again, uh, other than sort of debates because of this film's pedigree. Yeah. Like it just it it there's not going to be there's not going to be much more discussion about it other than man it wasn't as good as Jurassic Park well no shit we knew that going in it's not going to be it's it, of course it's not going to be as good as Jurassic Park but then arguably nobody would say that Mad Max Fury Road was going to be as good as um the second Mad you know no 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 Mad but Mad I also think that there are people out there and I can't I don't agree with this but yeah. I can't fault people for this that think the original Mad Max is better than Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, ar- arguably, but yeah. They, but the, I don't think those people think that Mad Max Fury Road is a bad movie. And I think right, I don't <laughs> think this is a bad movie. You have to do a lot to make yourself a bad movie. Mm. This movie is not bad. Jurassic World is not bad. Jurassic World is good. Is Jurassic World great? No. Does it have great moments? Sure. Do they ever pay off or really make you feel like they're earned? Not really. So that knocks you back into good territory for me. Right. That's a pretty low benchmark for what you know what we should expect from filmmakers, given that. You know, like we. What we, should we expect from filmmakers? Here? Good movies is is like what I would expect from filmmakers. Films films that actually you know like Mad Max Fury Road that give me that sense of wonder and like make my brain think and make me go, man, I want to see that again. That was really cool. Like to to make the benchmark, you know, just like a way to spend a few hours, you know, like if you have time to kill, that to me is not a great benchmark for 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 action filmmaking in general. But let's put it this way. If you like movies, you're going to go see fun movies, right? So like, <laughs> why not? Because that's what that's what they're there for. Like as an entertaining, as a piece of entertainment for two hours to take yourself out of your life and go have a good time, I would go see this movie. But like the, <laughs> the, the idea that every film sort of has to be like, again, I, I think I sort of touched on this, uh, yeah. Kind of on Entourage in a little yeah. bit. It doesn't have to be this giant statement. And this movie's problem is it wants to be considered as a statement. But that's only when you get above the sort of what the movie actually is. And people like you and I start tearing it apart for little bits and pieces. That's when it falls apart. If you just take it for face value and like a fun, there's some dinosaurs running around. And, oh, fuck. Chris Pratt has to take care of it. And he has raptor friends and he's on a motorcycle. That's insane. Like that's that's where it, the fun is to be had. But the second that you do sort of what we're doing. Which is what we do. It, it sort of takes a little bit of the magic out. Like it, I just don't think there was magic in Nimdar Hills to begin with. Not the same magic. Magic was the wrong word to but use. Here. There's, there's to me. There's not enough here to like to say if you want to spend two hours of your time like you know like escaping from the world. Sure. And I and I think there's a lot of films that you could do that with. Mm-hmm. This is not one of them. Yeah. This is this is disagree. This is a, uh, a an acceptable film. 
you know, it's not it's not a mind-numbingly stupid film. Although, no. although, although, as I said, like the way I was thinking about it as I was watching it was like the island of increasingly stupid decisions. Sure, everybody in this film makes increasingly idiotic decisions, except Chris Pratt. Uh, yeah, but even like the 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 Richard Hammond stand-in character suddenly tries to like become an action but hero. But you know what though? I'll say this. What was that actor's name? Uh, uh, Ifran. He's an Indian actor. He uh, was great. He's he's great in the film. Uh, uh, Ifran Khan. Ifran Khan, who you might recognize from Slumdog, and he's been in a lot of movies. Um, he is a terrific film, uh, a terrific actor. Um, but he, he, no, you know what? I'm glad you brought him up because he was actually sort of believable for me. So here he is, this billionaire sort of uh, funder person who believes in John Hammond's ideals and funded the park and wanted to make it open for whatever. He's the stand in, like, absolutely, John Hammond, whatever. Yeah. But he's also, and they set this up. This is something, this is the idea where, like, the divorce story and the romance sort of fail in the movie. His whole arc and the when he becomes stupid makes sense in the world that they built. He flies in on a helicopter and they have this whole moment or they, they like to go out to another section of the park and he's like this rich dude who now thinks he wants to fly helicopters because he's rich and he can fly his own helicopter and they that's, people people are worried about him doing it because it's like, well, he's not great at it. That's fine, but then later in the film, basically the film suggests that they should put a machine gun on a helicopter and have a military raid on this particular dinosaur Sure, and he decides to fly the helicopter. Yeah, with almost no, and I and I agree that it's set up in the world, but it makes no sense to me. That is something his character would do. You don't think a rich billionaire who no one ever says no to would th say, "No, you know what? Fuck this! I'm going to do it because I'm the goddamn best." Okay, like, but in the case of a world-changing, chaotic situation, it's not a world-changing thing. It's just his island. It's just his island. You think dinosaurs being let loose in amongst twenty thousand people is not a world-changing? And he scenario. wants to come across <laughs> as a hero. I I don't think that that part of it lands for me. Just as just as like the the emotional resonance of this divorce story doesn't land, and the love story between Chris Pratt, it just it's all set up. Like, all that stuff is set up as writers would set them up, but they just don't land. Well, the, the landing of this is he eventually fucks up and, and he, he bites it pretty. And it, and, and it just, I mean, it happens, but it didn't, like, make me go, oh, man. You know, like, it, it kind of made me go, oh, man. It kind of, like, when it crashes in the film, mm. it lands into the, uh, the pterodactyl uh, aviary. Yeah. And there's a really cool looking scene when it crashes. I, I thought he would, like, live and then maybe the Indominus would yeah. do whatever or whatever. But, like, it just crashes and explodes and the Indominus roars and I was just like, oh, fuck. Like, and, and then, you know, like right right after that scene is a thing that happens in this movie that kind of drives me a little bit nuts in most big action mm -hmm. movies, which is that terror is, you know, like these pterodactyls are coming through and they're, they're wreaking havoc. Right. And the film basically has our main characters walking through it as though nothing's ever going to happen to them. And they don't really seem that terrified sure. by it. And it's like, and it just drives me nuts when a film doesn't convey well, like no, they the seem terrifying. Well, Bryce Dallas Howard jumps onto a car as, as pterodactyls are flying yeah, through that was and, stupid. and shouts out, where are you? Where are you? And I'm like, oh my God. And well, then like the kids like stop to like say, man, you're, you know, like Owen's a badass. you know, like who's that guy? As pterodactyls are still flying past them. And then we see like people being picked off by these pterodactyls. But these two kids who are the heroes of the movie just kind of wander through it like pretty, you know, pretty coolly, pretty, uh, pretty unscathed. Sure. No, and, I absolutely agree. And you know, Godzilla did, did a little bit of that. That as well, and well, just, Godzilla didn't give a shit about its human characters. Yeah, Godzilla is probably worse at the at, at, at like the human characters than Jurassic World. Much, is. much, much worse. Much worse. But, I cannot stress that enough. But 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 this film has that, and it just kind of like that's another thing. It just doesn't land, you know, like the terror of these dinosaurs doesn't really land on the human characters. I think it lands on the kids on occasion because the kids can scream and you're like, oh, kids are scared. I, I Bryce Dallas not. Howard, let's talk about her for a second because we are, we're, <laughs> wow, we're already three-fourths the way through. Yeah. Um, and we have a couple other things to do. Bryce Dallas Howard in this film, I'm a fan of hers. I like her work. I yeah, think I, she's a good actress. I enjoy things that she's in. Uh, but this movie, uh, it's sort of... <sighs> <laughs> By the way, I uh, I think the best thing she's been in is uh, a, a Lars von Trier film that I'm Mandalay, which I think is amazing, um, and she's amazing in it. I but mean, I loved her. I loved her in Lady in the Water. I loved you know just yeah, she, she was great. I, in Lady I just in the really Water. like her. I like her. She's likable, and I think she can act. And hooray! Yeah, 
this movie, and I don't does know, does her no favors. It does her no favors, and it has to be a writing and directing choice because I she can pull off stuff like she's not stupid, she's not bad the at her job. The, the character is written to make increasingly stupid decisions. The character is written as mm-hmm. as, and again, I I I know we kind of keep going back to like feminism in a lot of this stuff, or, or mm-hmm. sort of, and it's two dudes in a room. I mean, my cat's in the room, and she's female, so maybe if she hears something she doesn't like, she can speak up. Yeah. Um, it just like okay. Here's your only woman character. Mm-hmm. I mean, main character. Yes, there's her sister. Who, she's the she's the aunt of these two kids, and she's all business and blah 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 blah. And her arc has the same story arc as every romantic comedy uh, yeah. ever. She's all business, and she's running the show, and she's got a sharp haircut and wears all white, and I'm in control, control, control. And then oh no, things start going crazy. And what do we need? We need Chris Pratt to come take care of it. And no 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 no. Like and it's this weird sort of like. She's she falls apart so quickly. She yeah. has no actionable skills until the script needs her to. Yeah. Paints her like a complete doofus. Yeah, doesn't give a shit about safety or people until she instantly does. Yeah, well, until it becomes about. And this is that thing which 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 a lot of like big summer tentpole releases do, which is that we don't care about people until it's the people that are the main characters. Age of Ultron cared about people the entire way through. They did a good job. Of that. Um, I will give it. But that. so she. And then, then there's this sort of thing, and I know you were bringing up the sort of high heels, running in high heels thing. She was getting some flack for that, or the movie was getting flack for that. I think it's more that, I mean, yeah, that's a problem to me. It's just like it's just like this thing where I'm like, why are you running in high heels? And I know everyone's been talking about that, but it's more like the Nizrani char- uh, character that we were talking about, the, C- the Richard Hammond stand-in, sure. which is that I don't think this person would be out there. You know, this is the CEO yeah. of, the, of yeah. Jurassic World. I, I don't think she would be out there. Nope. And the fact that the film puts her there yeah. makes no silly. sense. You and know? therefore her wardrobe makes no sense. Yeah. Speaking of her wardrobe, whenever she decides to do something heroic, she just decides to change her outfit a little bit by removing some clothes. Inici- now, before- initially she becomes sort of like dressed like Laura Dern. Right. You yeah. mentioned that, and that's great. And when I that you know, that's the first time and mm-hmm. reflecting back, I could see that and I'd be like, Oh, that's an interesting nod. That's great. And then every other time it happens, it happens two or three more times where she's like, then she loses the shirt and then all of a sudden she's sweaty and glisteny and then like it's just like her running in high heels in a tank top with a T-Rex chasing her when she's doing her best uh, Ian Malcolm impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's just, look, I know why you did it, Jurassic World. Like she's a very attractive woman and it's an awesome scene of a of a hot kind of drenched girl running away from a dinosaur like yes but it's visually also ridiculous but it's also ridiculous and it takes your only female character and turns her into just this nonsense bullshit spectacle she becomes basically another and, and this is weird to say but like it's doing the exact same thing with a full human character that your dinosaurs are doing in fact i would say that blue the raptor his name was blue there was blue charlie echo and uh delta. and delta yeah. uh for chris pratt's four raptors blue had more personality than bryce dallas howard yeah, than they the sit, kids they sit that raptor who is a female i think yeah. up with, yeah. well yeah uh, than Vincent D'Onofrio, like they. It's so when 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 you develop a CGI character that deeply, I think they did a decent job doing decent, it deeply for decent an animal. Job. She, it's no. And uh, then you take an actual female human being, and you take her from a a baseline romantic comedy subplot, and turn her into Baywatch running away from a dinosaur. That does nothing for your film and it hurt it a lot for me now again i i again there's there's again we go back to lizard brain where i'm like oh okay for a second then you're like no this is fucking you can you can make her sexy and powerful and cool and not do that or do it differently in a way that it was earned and she's not just a fucking bumbling idiot until she's an action star and hits a pterodactyl with the back of a rifle like it just it did not land for me at all and i feel bad for her because i like her and i want to see her do good stuff but like even in the trailers for this i know you didn't see him yeah. Uh, it kind of set it up for this, and it was exactly what I expected it to be. Yeah, I, I, I mean, look, the thing is, everything I'm hearing from you is not like other than this is a an okay distraction is not saying that this is a worthwhile film to watch. I think this, and we could go back and forth on this, but I think the initial difference, and, and as you listen to our wonderful podcast mm-hmm. listeners, you will know why the only movie podcast, or the only mm-hmm. podcast about movies, yes. I should say, the only movie podcast ever only about movies only, is... Um, <laughs> Is Shahir and I have a fundamental sort of different view on sort of the spectrum of what cinema can and should be. I think it should be good. I think it should be good, but our term, maybe we have a difference. We have a fundamental difference of what we think good is. And I think good can be fun. And I th- This and was I think, fun. And I think fun doesn't necessarily have to be stupid. 
No, but this is fun that had stupid moments, that had great action, that had a main character, one of them that I really liked, that had a sort of bonding with animals experience with his raptors, which we'll talk about in a moment. That'll be sort of our final point, I think. We're running very dangerously out of time. I just think that there is room for this film. I think if you like the sort of stuff that we're describing, I'm saying the positive Mm -hmm. things that we've described, then you will enjoy this movie. And you know what? Most people, I truly believe this, and this isn't saying that we're smart. I think we just, we, as uh, as friends and in this little Mm -hmm. film world that we sort of have, we nitpick films a fuck ton more than normal people do. And I think if a person that doesn't nitpick films went and saw this movie, they'd walk out and go, that was pretty cool. Okay, but here's where I would land on that, is that if Jurassic Park and Jurassic World were playing side-by-side in two movie theaters, there is no way you would ever tell anyone to go see Jurassic World. If they'd, if they'd seen Jurassic Park before, I would. Even if, they, even if they'd seen Jurassic Park before, I would say there was no way. If you were t- telling people to go see, you know, like you, you had like a Taster's Choice test, and there was like Jurassic World on one side and Jurassic Park on the other side. Well, you Taster's Choice is a blindfold <laughs> test, so I don't know how that's going to work. You, yeah, they might not be able to see the film. You will never... Tell them to go see Jurassic World. I would say see Jurassic Park first and then go see Jurassic World. I would. There's no fucking, pro- there's no question I would. And, but then here's the point is in 1992, you could, people could go in for a distraction that was Jurassic Park mm-hmm. and it was amazing. Sure. And it was phenomenal and mm-hmm. it still holds up today. Right. Nobody's going to talk about Jurassic World within a year. Sure. Nobody's going to mention this. It movie goes back again. to my thing. You don't have to. We already have that. We have that in Jurassic Park. Yeah. So- but Jurassic Park is fun without being stupid. Sure. But we're not talking. We're not. We're not talking about Jurassic. But Jurassic Park is there, and it will always be there until the sun stops shining sure. and and whatever. And it will stay. It will linger in our memory. Jer- I'm telling you now. If you have fifteen dollars to spend, you're gonna be wasting it on Jurassic World. I say you will not be wasting it if you enjoy just a fun time at the summer movies. Let's do one thing real quick. I'm going to stop down and listen to one of our movie reviewing sort of friends, Mr. Stephen Buja of of uh, Same Night uh, Movie Review fame. Uh, he uh, is in the woods working on some trails somewhere uh, in the wilderness, and what better way to, to person to talk about Jurassic World than someone who's basically in a jungle? <laughs> uh, we're going to listen to and what he's, he's probably more qualified to see if you could run in high heels in a jungle Ooh, than we are. We'll have to ask him when he gets back, but let's see what he thought about Jurassic World. Steve reporting to you from the woods in Huckleberry State Forest. I uh, hope you're doing well. I just got back from Jurassic World. Say I have a fondness for the franchise, despite some lackluster entries, is an understatement. Um, but even still, I, despite that, I still wasn't super excited about this movie. And I have to say, walking in with uh, slightly diminished expectations, I was I was more than satisfied. They they met the expectations and then some. This is a great time at uh, the movies, and I cannot recommend it highly enough. Unlike some other franchises out this July, this one uh, didn't feel the need to add any iconic lines. There was no Clever Girl or Must Go Faster. It had a tasteful amount of nostalgia, and I actually liked how it's a very Spielbergian movie, obviously. Uh, and in fact, I kind of wished we had spent more time with the kids. I actually really liked uh, liked the kid characters. And ideally, what I would love to see in a Jurassic Park film is a day in the life of a family that's on the edge of extinction itself. You know, parents are getting divorced. Kids are, you know, one kid's about to go away to college against the backdrop of extinct, but now very much alive animals. I think that would be actually kind of cool. <laughs> Uh, it's um, thrilling, surprisingly so. Uh, there's an over-reliance of, on CG. I liked how in the original Jurassic Park, like, there was a real T-Rex there, and it was all animatronics and whatnot, but uh, the CG was okay. I'm actually, I didn't see it in 3D, though here the 3D is pretty fantastic. It's a good time at the movies. You know, it's nothing super spectacular, but it's surprisingly effective, and it does what it needs to do, and I really appreciated that so thank you steve uh i would have to i have to agree that the way you described uh an idea about a family day at the park and if the parents of these two kids were in the film right i think that that actually sounds like a better film than this film agreed like they don't really do that they don't really do that and i don't think and to me these kids are not interesting enough to like sustain that kind of dilemma without yeah. some other force. I, I just don't think it's there. Um, I agree with you that it's um, the spectacle is handled well. The CGI is pretty good. I heard the 3D was not that good, and I would, 
I would probably recommend not seeing the 3D from what I've heard, but, you know, um, again, I would just have to disagree that it just, for both you and Steve, I think I kind of sound like the benchmark sounds pretty low for what is, what's a good time at the theater for me. And, and I, you know, like, I just don't think this is it. I, I mean, you could word it that way. Um, but I also think, I think I'm less I'm less critical with my leisure time, I yeah. guess. That's not to say that, like, if I I won't I won't like slog through shit I don't like. Yeah. I just think I just think I I can enjoy when things are dumb. I can enjoy, I, and I can see I can see your points because this is something that we all do sort of care about. Like we, everyone growing up in our in our day and age in our age group, like really cares about Jurassic Park because it was just magical moments. There were lines around the theater, and like it was just this beautiful sort of time at the movies. And again, I it's just it's it's I can still enjoy this for what it is, which is a summer blockbuster in 2015. I, I, just because I I think. This is not a. This is not a. This is more of a compliment than a criticism. Here, I think you are in your head about movies much more than I am. Right. I think that's what makes you a good director. I think whatever. But like, I, I can. I, I again, I'll go back to Lizard Brain. I can just go to that place when I need to. And I think you have a hard time doing that. I I maybe have a harder time doing that. But but I think, uh, you know. And yes, I am very critical of films. But I think what I'm looking for in a film the you know, is what Jurassic Park gave me and not sure. what Jurassic World gave me. Right. You know, yeah. I, and and I, you know, I find it hard to, you know, to to say that we would ever talk about Jurassic World within six months. And the, maybe the benchmark for me is that if I would talk about this film again in six months, sure. then then that to me is money worth spending. Okay. And this, this to me is not that. Fair enough. Uh, real quick, before we wrap things up, let's just give a shout out to, uh, I think, Chris Pratt and his Raptors. I really like... I really like all that stuff. I think they handled handled sort of animal training in a believable way very yep. well, uh, and I I really enjoy. I don't know, and I'm a sucker. I'm such a fucking sucker for like a boy and his dog nonsense, and that's yeah. kind of what this was, uh, yeah. but with raptors making it infinitely cooler. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, and and I think um, I don't know. There was something I, I I will, and this is sort of playing back to. Um, Oh, you know, I what? was I was gonna say as well. You know, I I tried to sort of put you in that position of like if you had to choose between Jurassic Park right, and right, Jurassic right. World, I would say arguably then the other side of it is if you had to choose between Godzilla and Jurassic World, you would pick Jurassic World every day of the week. <laughs> I I did not like the but last. Godzilla. Oddly, I didn't hate Godzilla either. What? I think I think in Godzilla they got the monster right, but they got the everything else wrong. And I liked the spectacle of Godzilla a little more than I liked the spectacle of they Jurassic. They got the monster right, but the monster's yeah. in the movie for 15 minutes. Therefore, by your own fruition about a film, that means that basically 90- 15 minutes of the movie is okay. Yeah. 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 But like, and you like that better than what I would arguably say, even by your test, 50% of this movie is phenomenal, Jurassic World? I think, I think Godzilla does does a more artful job oh. of, of presenting its monster. And I, I think that scene, for example, the the halodrop scene in Godzilla is probably more spectacle than anything in Jurassic oh, World. Oh, yuck. <laughs> with, their so, fucking, with their fucking but I cardboard still, <laughs> nonsense people. Name me one <laughs> character in that film. Oh, I think they get the characters completely wrong in, in Godzilla. But they spend mm. 90% of the time on these humans you don't give a fuck fuck about yeah i i i agree i don't think they do that very well but i i there for me there's an artfulness and a and a certain joie de vie i don't know Ugh. about the way that godzilla handles its spectacle no. which is not to say that jurassic park jurassic world doesn't handle spectacle well i just think that godzilla there's a um, the director of Godzilla, uh, whose name I've gone blank on, but he's a really, he's an amazing visual effects guy and, uh, showed a lot of promise with this film. Gareth Edwards, mm -hmm. he showed a lot of promise with this film. Monster, um, is a fairly artful user of special effects. Um, and so, but I, I still, you know, I would still say even, even though I kind of enjoyed the spectacle of Godzilla more than I did Jurassic World, I would say go see Jurassic World over Godzilla. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm just going to end us off. Uh, he threw me for a loop there. Now I'm just all, I'm a little bit, I was flustered. And in the end, you sort of explained it and I'm back. I'm back. Uh, so I, and I will, I will, uh, agree overall that the, the, the movie itself, uh, has, 
a a uh, a a problem with its pedigree, and in the sense that we expect a certain level of greatness from a film labeled in the Jurassic Park pantheon. Uh, and I will say sort of this, much like the uh, the scientists in the film creating their genetically modified Indominus Rex, uh, the film definitely does seem so preoccupied with whether or not that they could that they never stopped to, to think, think whether or not they, they should. should. Uh, and uh, It's amazing that the first film, like, has a long sequence of ask, you know, asking that question, you know, in a, in a really smart way. Like my favorite moments of Jurassic Park are them talking about the, you know, the 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 ideas of that film than the actual scenes themselves. This film itself <laughs> is, if Ian Malcolm was an actual person, is probably his nightmare. Yeah. Uh, but that does not mean that you can't get up, go to the movies, hang out with your friends, and watch some awesome dinosaur. Chris Pratt, just ridiculous fun action. I think, uh, and that's sort of that's sort of I you know I know you say Shahir, don't see the movie, and I say go see the movie. So and here's what you we choose your favorite reviewer and write into us and tell us we are at the uh, our Gmail address is onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Yes, write in and tell us which way you're going to go based on what we said, and we'll give you. Two free AMC movie tickets. Which you could go use to see Jurassic Now, will you still, here's the question, Shane, will you still give them the movie tickets if, if they decide go to see, go see Jurassic World? I'm, hey, I'm never going to begrudge someone for seeing what they see. Okay. I'm just going to try and guide them gently one way or the other. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, Shahir, where else other than our lovely Gmail can people find you? We Oh, well, they can find me at uh, my website, which has everything you want to know about me, www.shahirdowd.com, S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D, I spell it out because it's a tough one of course, of uh, course. we have a twitter account uh at only movie pod our gmail as i mentioned before only movie podcast at gmail and we have a facebook account look us up Okay, you can find me at www.matthewkroll.com. I spell it because there's a better comedian than me with two L's in his name. Uh, also, you can find me on Instagram at Skeletor, the number four P-R-E-Z, or on Twitter at Emperor MSK. Uh, yeah, guys, this has been the only podcast about Chris Pratt's dinosaur training summer camp, a.k.a. Jurassic World. Thank you, Stephen Buja, for your, for your call-in from the woods, you crazy son of a bitch. Uh, you know, watch, maybe watching Jurassic World in the woods... Might be a I don't might think be a worthy experience in the woods. Anyway, <laughs> that's about it. That's all the time we have. We went a little over. I'm terribly sorry, but Here's uh, roar. I know I am Matthew Kroll and I'm Shahir Dowd. All right, Katy Perry, take us out. <laughs> no, Katy Perry, take us out, <laughs> not you. You're gonna kill me.